If you've noticed a change in your bathroom habits and your number two isn't what it used to be, then let us invite you to try Autron Till. It's developed by Dr. Ken Brown, a board-certified gastroenterologist to help people that suffer from IBS, bloating, and diarrhea. It's made from all-natural, non-GMO polyphenols that will put your gut microbiome back in check. Trust us, we all use it, we all benefit from it, and yes, you will notice a difference. Try the 630 trial, that's six pills a day for 30 days, and if it's not working for you, you can get your money back. Click on the show notes for the details or go to autrontill.com and use keyword whiskey bros at checkout i heard the bells on christmas day the old familiar carols played and mild and sweet their songs repeat yeah, don't, 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 don't be like that, yeah. yeah don't copy <laughs> I stole it from somebody else, so. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Throw me off right off the bat. <laughs> we already got to take a break. <laughs> I thought we were here to talk about county stuff. Yeah, we're just, let's sing it out. <laughs> Okay, here we go. There we go. All right. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the show. Uh, yeah. 72-ish. Yeah, 72-ish. I think Whiskey Bros around the table. Uh, last week's show with um, Lynn, Dr. Lynn Stuckey was a great success. So Yeah, it was. We thought we would uh, follow it up with an even greater celebrity of ours here. <laughs> uh, County Judge J.D. Clark. Welcome to the show, man. Yeah, yeah. thank you. Thanks thank you. Here. Glad to be here. Um. It's actually we kind of have like two special guests. Well, yes, we do. I forgot about that. If you uh, if you move the the camera screen over here, I wish we go the, get over there and get on the drums. Real the, quick. the infamous <laughs> drum Ghost Bro, bro. Ghost, bro. <laughs> Ghost Bro in the house, everybody <laughs> taking the place of the uh, of, of the Doc. missing Doc tonight. But yeah, yeah Ghost Bro, poor, in the poor house. Doc, he's on a cruise. <laughs> oh, poor guy. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, poor Doc. Hey, buddy, welcome to the show. Yeah, it's great <laughs> to finally be here. Yeah, first time you've ever been on video. <clears throat> Probably. It, it no, it is. Oh, yeah. I meant with us. Yeah. 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 yeah There's sure. that one video you made in yeah, college. Yeah, we can't show nobody <laughs> that one, though. Yeah. <laughs> Watch out, they're queuing up my stuff. So yeah. Yours too, so, so. yeah, we've already done <laughs> one with you. <laughs> All right, Judge. Well, thanks for being here. Uh, I hope we can make this as fun as possible for you. Yeah. The mission, the mission of this is to not be a political debate or uh, go on about opponents or, or, you know, just uh, giving information to the, the greater public and your uh, constituents that have put you in office, what exactly you do, what is the role of county judge? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so on and so on. But yeah, not to get heated or get into debates, uh, anything like that. Just to, just to have a good show about uh, your history, what you've accomplished, what a county judge does and uh, et cetera. So yeah, sounds great. Well, to get the ball rolling, tell us a little yep. bit about yourself and, and your history. Well, uh, born and raised in Wise County, uh, Chico kids, still live north of Chico. Nice. And, yep. uh, and grew up in that area and raising my girls in that area. And when uh, I, I guess my my route to public service and, and what took me there is it was uh, the summer before my senior year of high school, and I needed a job, and... I've always liked to write, and I thought, man, that, that would be cool if I could somehow make a little money doing that. So I, I went and talked to Keith Bridwell, who owned the Bridgeport Index uh, okay. at the time, 
and said, hey, uh, I like to write. I'm looking for a job. Could you could you use me? Could you put me to work? And he gave me a shot. He had me write some stuff for him, and, and he said, okay, I'll give you, give you a shot. And it was my summer break, so he said, your schedule is wide open. So he started sending me to city council, school board, and commissioner's court. And I was, I mean, I was 17 at the time, and I had a, a pretty good idea of what school board did because my mom was a teacher. I understood that. Pretty good concept what a city council did, mm-hmm. um, but commissioner's court, that was, even just that name kind of throws you off, commissioner's mm-hmm. court, and so was kind of walking in blind to that and, um, you know, having to learn that quickly and who did what and, and uh, who had what responsibilities and roles and who were the people in the room. Well, anyway, flash forward a bit, uh, when I finished high school, I was going to college at North Texas in Denton and uh, was able to keep writing for Keith for his paper, and so was was still covering local government, and really fell in love with that because, you know, as somebody who didn't know a lot about it, being able to see like, hey, p- you know, these people are making decisions that affect us every day, whether it's the, the streets that we're driving on or the water we're drinking or the schools that kids are going to or does the sheriff's office have enough cars to get down the road, things that matter every single day. But the flip side is – a lot of those meetings, I was the only person there in the room who wasn't either on that council or a member of staff. And, I mean, you guys know how that is. Like, public participation is often terrible unless right. it's some particularly hot-button issue. Right? Yeah, it really is. Like, yeah. people people love to raise hell and complain and gripe, but when it comes to showing up, yeah, yep. it doesn't really even – even you complain about that a lot at city council. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's yep. like, okay, if you're mad about something, show up and have your voice heard. And, yeah. and a lot of it – you know, most most months, weeks, whenever you're meeting, it's not the sexy stuff, mm-hmm. but it's really important stuff. Sure. And and you would notice in a heartbeat if it was gone or if it was done badly. Sure. So I fell in love with that, and um, and I was able to write some some op-ed pieces about Chico specifically because that's that's where I lived, and I was some, seeing some things that we should work on, and and what if we tried this? And uh, it was 2006, and um, some folks approached me and said, hey, we've got a council seat coming up. We've been reading what you're writing about it. Would you consider getting on city council? And I was going to college at the time and, and still living over here, and I thought, yeah, I'll, I'll try that for a little bit. I was going to college getting a degree in English and history because I was going to teach. I was going to be a teacher. And so I thought, well, I could do that for a little bit. And... Um, then a couple years later, I guess 2009, three years later, uh, ended up becoming becoming mayor uh, through a uh, – gosh, the story on that is James Robinson was our mayor and a great guy, great mayor, and, and learned a lot from him. And he had asked me, um, I guess that year or just prior, he said, hey, would you consider being my mayor pro tem? There's not a whole lot to do with that. It's just if the mayor's going to be out, right. you, you fill in at the meeting. I was like, yeah, I can do that. I can do that. Well, uh, so we did that, and about a month later, he, he called me uh, to his house, and I went and met with him one evening, and he'd been been diagnosed with a really aggressive cancer, and uh, he uh, he said, "I'm going to be, I'm sorry, I'm going to be putting a lot more on you." And I was like, "We'll figure it out." And I Trial think by, by fire, huh? Yeah, I think by by Christmas that year we had lost him, and he had passed away, and um, so there there we went, and so we we left that seat open um, as a as a tribute of respect to him, and just just handled business till the next election, and I and I ran for it and won that. Um, How old were you then? I was when I got on council. I was twenty. Yeah, 
and I was 23 when I became mayor. That's I remember that. Yeah, everybody yeah, yeah. kind of threw everybody for a loop. Are you to date? Are you yeah. the youngest mayor there's been? Uh, not not ever. Okay. No, no. Um, they've had some places that have had you know an 18 year old get elected mayor in the well, state. Not, not yeah, but, but Chico's for yeah like the yeah town yeah yeah yeah. And and at you know at at the time that was the you know he's he's young he's young he's young but oh yeah it's like I. But I've seen yeah. some things, people. Hello, I get I on. get older every day. Yeah. So, uh, but uh, you know that that was an incredible experience, and and so I was doing that. And I finished college, and I did become a teacher. That's what I was going to college for. And uh, I taught school in Bowie. They hired me as a seventh grade reading teacher. I graduated from college on on August eighth and started teaching on August eighteenth. So I had ten days uh, in between there. Are you still uh, the yeah, mayor yeah. at this time? I was. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And You're uh, like a full because that's a that well and it. You know, and something people need to understand when they're looking about, well, I'd, I'd serve, but I don't have the time, especially in, in a lot of these roles, it's a part-time public service that you offer up, and don't be don't be scared of the time commitment. Sure. Um, it, it worked out for me as a teacher because, you know, I had, I had my school hours where I was working. I could go by City Hall in the evenings. You have city meetings in the evenings, and then budget season, summertime, mm-hmm. and I wasn't teaching then anyway I was out so I had a lot of flexibility uh, right. during budget season uh, so taught junior high and high school there in Bowie and and had uh, had an incredible experience and loved that um, I was working and on and finished my master's degree in educational leadership because I thought eventually I'll move into school administration be a principal or something but the more I got involved in in local government as a mayor and working with different groups and, and different things in the region and just seeing the at the time, were, were a lot of growth projections uh, coming our way. I became very concerned that that we had a lot of work to do. I'm glad you said that because it's like federal, you know, big federal government gets all the limelight. Like big national issues, still all the limelight, and they get all the attention. But it's, I mean, for 99 percent of us, your local government is the most important and the one you should be involved with. Yep. Absolutely. A hundred percent of the time. Well, and, and, you know, depending on where you live and there's areas that feel it differently, um, you know, when, when we have a federal shutdown, mm-hmm. if, if you're in an area that has a lot of federal agencies in it or a lot of federal programs, you notice that right away. Or if you work for the federal government, of course, you notice that right away. But uh, if you had a local government shutdown, mm-hmm. you'd notice it tomorrow, right. yeah. you know, right yeah. away, right away, because right. it matters. And it, it goes back to that that initial comment I made, and people just don't, engage with it enough as they should and I and I really think that it's the it's the best form of government for a lot of reasons but I think the big thing is when you get elected to local government you're still here every day in the place you're representing mm-hmm. you're not in Austin you're not in DC and coming back periodically like you're here every day yeah so you are yep. de- you're entrenched and involved with the issues yep on a yep. daily basis. Well, and you see those people at the coffee shop. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And uh, hey, good morning, Judge. Oh, yeah. by the way. Uh, yeah. yeah. And you see that in the mornings, you know? Oh, yeah. That's uh, uh you, you you answer some questions and, and yep. take some chewings on the way in. But they, you know, they see you pumping gas. They see you in the gas station and mm-hmm. and they do engage with you and talk to you because you're not some far off guy. Yeah, you're here. We made that commentary yep. with Doctor Stucky, like being a, a, a local elected official or leader, but also being approachable, and he is, and you are too, and that's a big deal. Yep. And I mean, you could easily shy away and never go to the coffee shop yep. in the morning. You could easily, you know, dance around in the shadows and say, "Oh, okay, yeah, well, I'm still doing things for you," but yep. nobody ever sees you. So. 
Well, and I, and I think it's my background of being often the guy in the room as a 18 year old newspaper guy being the only one in the room who wasn't part of the entity. Uh-huh. I want to invite people in. Yeah. And so uh, I, I invite them in because I think it's better government because I enjoy it. I enjoy the interaction. I enjoy the feedback. Yeah. And, um, you know, I use my Facebook for that a lot, just trying to keep people part of it, yeah. you know, rather than wondering, gosh, what does he work on? You know, what, is, what does he care about? <laughs> right. Um, right on. Good deal. Um, and, it's, and it's why I'm here tonight, too. So. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah. that's why you're here yeah. tonight. Yeah. Uh, other than the good whiskey being served. That's right. That's Surely a, there's a, more that, to that is, this podcast, that's quite, right? That's quite a perk. I saw the name and said, I'm in. Yep. <laughs> Going to that. Yeah. Uh, I'm trying to think whether when I first met you, undoubtedly it was through Kevin Burns. It's yeah. like yeah. everybody oh, networks in this community through Kevin Burns somehow or another. Yeah. You, know, you, you play six degrees of Kevin Bacon. Like yeah. We could play Kevin Burns <laughs> in Wise County. So. But it's not it's six a, degrees. It's a lot less degrees it's than one. that. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> exactly. hey, do you know Kevin yeah. Burns? Yeah, I do. Meet somebody in... British Columbia. Do you know somebody from Texas named Kevin Burns? Oh, yeah. Yeah, he showed up up here on his motorcycle. Yeah, we know exactly. We exactly. poutine exactly. together. <laughs> but, uh, but anyway, uh, and, and then the, you asked me a question. I, I launched off on this multi-year story. But, that, that happens. Uh, be, we love it. Became concerned about, uh, and, and I don't necessarily mean concerned just as a negative criticism word either, but legitimately concerned that I, I knew and saw, like a lot of people, these these projections were real, and 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 we were projected then, and we are now. Uh, it's not you can't we can't say now. Well, the growth's going to come. The growth is here. Is here. The growth is happening. Not stopping. And I wanted to be a, a part of that, and not necessarily be a place like I've seen some other places where maybe they weren't ready, and the yeah. growth just rolled over them. And then yeah. the the growth is shaping you versus us having a say in. You're talking about we, being ahead yep. on infrastructure, yep, um, absolutely, utilities, yep. having all yep. that in the works. And I guess I've also heard you know people complain to you about you know Jimbo down the road is unhappy that his neighbor is selling out to a, a developer, a subdivider, and it seems like people might think that you could put a stop to that. Is that the case? Uh, no, often not. And okay. and the thing is, and and it's um. You know, a lot of people will hear this and think, oh, that's a bad thing. But in the grand scheme of things, we in Texas, we respect private property rights very much yeah. and uh, and have been proponents of that for a long time since inception. But in Texas, because of that— um, Unless have- it's Waco. <laughs> <laughs> Too soon. Oh, man. Suck. Go ahead. I thought we weren't getting political tonight. That, that did not take long. <laughs> but— uh, you know, in Texas, what, what people have to remember and don't realize a lot is counties exist as a subdivision of the state, mm-hmm. whereas cities get created by people choosing to incorporate and form a city. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so counties exist as a subdivision of the state. When we were an early state, they needed a way, uh, you know, started back in the colonial system, um, and, uh, way back in Texas history and prior. But... Uh, they set up these counties, there's 254 of them now, to say, hey, we need a way to be able to deliver so- services at the local level and carry out state statutes at the local levels so that created counties. So we're a subdivision of the state. So a county has to have permission, whether by the Texas Constitution or from a statute, a law passed by the state legislature, to do something. Okay. Uh, we're a permissive state in that the state's got to tell a county, you have authority to do this. Okay. Uh-huh. Whereas a city, 
that's people locally choosing to incorporate and form a city. They set up ordinances. They say that's what this we want the city to look like. And there's some differences there. If you're a general law city, you know the the state lays out a little bit tighter on what you can or can't do. Whereas if you're a home rule city, you write a city charter and you've got a lot of latitude mm-hmm. on on what your rules are, what your ordinances on. But a county, we've got to have authority from a state to do something, and we don't have a lot of authority on housing in general in the unincorporated county because that's what we're talking about is unincorporated county outside city limits. Mm -hmm. So what I mean by that is we don't have any zoning. Uh, And I say we, it's not just a wise county thing. That's a county thing across the state. We don't have zoning in the unincorporated county. So you could have uh, a residence that you built and somebody built something commercial or industrial on the place next to it. Yeah. They can do that. They can do that. Um, same with, uh, you know, when, when they say, well, we don't think there should be a subdivision there. Well, the, the authorities that we have on housing subdivisions all come down to just how that land itself is subdivided. So what I mean by that is we can, we've got some subdivision rules and regulations on here's how you can subdivide your land. A hundred pages worth. Yeah, yes, <laughs> yes. It, it is lengthy. Um, but, you know, some of that's driven by, for example, the groundwater district says you've got to have two acres for a water well. Sure. So, we, you know, it's a two-acre minimum for a subdivision. Unless you're on a public water system, it can be an acre, but it can't be smaller than that. A lot of people are surprised and pleased to hear that. That, you know, that prevents a lot of that wall-to-wall dense housing that you oh, see in some other yeah, places. And, that, and that's what people are concerned about. Yeah. You know, There's only so much water yeah, in that aquifer exactly. too. So. And, uh, you know, we can do things on road infrastructure. We can require things on road infrastructure that you're, that you're going to put in. Uh, but we can't regulate density. We can't say this is the type of houses we want out mm-hmm. there. We can't say we don't want another subdivision. You can't do one. We don't have that authority. Oh. And... Um, they're not subjective. And and a lot of people will hear that and go, gosh, you ought to be able to say yes or no on a housing subdivision. Well, but but play that longer. Do you want it to be subjective to your local government on yes or no, what you can do yeah. with your property? There's yeah. there's just a clean set of rules. Yep. You yeah. can either do it or you can't. You, we're I, not we're I, not doing a case by case. Sure. So, okay. Yeah. So ideally yeah. you want to encourage the good the good type of developers coming in. And a lot of these rules are probably instated because of developers that have come in and taken advantage and then left with a bag full yep. of money. You're, and counties got to come in and foot the bill to for you to, uh, finish out the subdivision. Yep. And if it's county and footing the bill, who is it? It's the taxpayers. taxpayers. Yeah, there, it's, it's your you tax go. funds. And so if if they we, – we look a lot at drainage in yes. these subdivision reviews because that is where we've got some authority and we want to make sure that, okay, you've got the right – to do this subdivision on your piece of property, mm-hmm. but your neighbor has a right to expect that there's not going to be a negative drainage impact on Jimbo's going to wonder, yeah. why am I getting exactly. flooded all of a exactly. sudden after this exactly. new subdivision's here? So, yeah. so that's something that we do have a lot of rules on is is drainage. And, um, you know, our drainage our drainage rule is uh, 0% change mm-hmm. when it leaves the property line. So if that means you got to build a retention pond, we'll have people complain and say, well, I wasn't, I wasn't planning for that. Well, you need to, yeah. you know, yeah. based on your topography and where you are on the size. Um, we've, we've got some new stuff going into effect January 1 that's new authorities that have been given to us uh, by the state. Wise County's in what they call a PIGMA, a Priority Groundwater Management Area, meaning, yeah, PIGMA. PIGMA. And uh, what that means is we obviously are in an area that has a, a lot of concern, legitimate concern about groundwater supply and, and aquifer recharging. Mm-hmm. Why is that just... 
Is there yeah, ju- just just where we are on the aquifer and the okay. and the way it's shaped and and where a lot of a lot of these places are on the outcrop of the Trinity Aquifer, and we don't just have unlimited, you know, groundwater supply, and so. They have they have given us the ability, and we've passed it. We're going to do it in Wise County starting January one. That if you're coming in and doing a subdivision, as part of that, just like you have to do a drainage study in a lot of cases, mm-hmm. we're going to require these developers to do a groundwater availability study with with an engineer, with a hydrologist, to look at both quantity and quality. Is it sustainable, not just for your development, but what kind of groundwater impact is this number of houses going to have on mm-hmm. the surrounding property owners? Because you know, like where we sit right now, you should have an expectation that you've got an existing well. Somebody can't come in right next door, put all these houses on it, then it's going to make your well go dry. Right. And so we've done an MOU with Upper Trinity Groundwater Conservation District. So when these developers do their groundwater availability study, the groundwater district with their geoscientists is going to look at that because the commissioners are not geoscientists. Uh, right. Shocker. Treat, right? treat us like yeah. we're dummies. What is yeah. an MOU? Yeah. Oh, sorry. Memorandum yeah. of Understanding. Okay. So, there, yeah. Oh, now yeah. I have yeah. understanding. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. Uh, government acronyms, and I apologize. <laughs> but anyway, so so we're going to be looking at that. And, um, you know, if the groundwater district comes back to us after reviewing that and says, we don't believe that this subdivision as it's currently proposed is sustainable mm-hmm. for groundwater, then we're going to kick that back to that developer and say, you either need to figure out a different way to do this or you need to be thinking something other than water supply because the answer is not just it, – it's been the path of least resistance that you do housing development and everybody just gets a well mm-hmm. on their lot. That's not sustainable forever, and uh, yeah, you, you just can can't only, do that. Yep, Only yep. grow so much Bermuda grass. <laughs> exactly, yeah. exactly. And, um, you know, and a lot of it – when, when you talk to the groundwater district, a lot of it does come down to expectations that people have. Um, if they've always lived in a city somewhere versus now they're moving to a development in unincorporated county. They don't – you've never had to think about where your water comes from. Sure. Right. You know, and you see the sprinklers going. I'm sure you guys notice it. 24-7. 24-7. Yeah. It's like, well, if you're if you're on groundwater, that that's not sustainable. And if everybody in the housing development's doing that, so. So where do, where do creative yep. solutions come from? Do they come from your office? And I mean, do y'all offer that or you make, uh, are these crunches you put on developers? I mean, yeah. So, so we, we put the onus on the developers, okay. uh, to, and you know, and like you said, if, if they were all good developers, we've got a lot of good developers we work with, mm-hmm. but you have somebody come in that's not, they're often not local. Yeah. Uh, the, the local guys are here and they're invested and this is their backyard and they're doing a great job. And yeah. They're making um, really beautiful subdivisions. And so. so we can, we can encourage things. Uh, and so we encourage them to look at what are some native grasses you could use? What are some native plants you could use? And even just little things like that Zero add up escaping. and help over time. Yeah, exactly. Um, and just think about it a little bit differently because the, the models of what our groundwater is going to do over the next 20, 30, 40 years, at its current rate is is not pretty. And in the last year, in the last two years actually, out of two hundred and fifty four counties, Wise County was the third and fourth, depending on the year, highest number of water wells drilled wow. in the state. Eey. Yep. Wow. Yep. I remember my dad telling me twenty five years ago, he's like, around here in the future boy, it's all gonna be about water. Yep. Absolutely. And it's Absolutely. we're here. Uh-huh. And so you've got, and there's there's a lot of things. I mean, this is just a piece of the puzzle because there's not a magic bullet on water issues of this will fix it and we've, we've got plenty of water forever. This is a piece of it to make developers think about it, what kind of impact are you having on the groundwater, uh, to be able to make potential residents aware mm-hmm. that if there was concern that came up that you should know this before you invest in a, in a property for 30 years. 
But at the same time, you've also got a lot of groups and a lot of cities looking at what are other things we can do. And you've got a group of cities looking at how can they be less dependent on groundwater supplies as a city. Uh, we, we need more access to surface water, and that's going to come through partnerships and, and, and pipelines and getting it from elsewhere. Yeah. And, you know, there's there's a lot of a lot of things in the works with a lot of partners that I think are going to make a, a great positive difference. This is just a piece of it. Mm-hmm. Um, artificially, I've seen some pretty cool solutions for especially backyards that, you know, they've cut the size of their uh, natural lawn in half. And a lo- you could probably vouch for this. Uh, artificial turf has come a long way. Yep. Yeah. And yep. I've seen some people incorporate that, especially people that might have pool, you know, around their pools. And it, it looks freaking great. Yep. And you don't have to water yep. it. Yep. Well, and rainwater harvesting, and we're doing that. Um, we did. We did a. We got a grant and got a rainwater harvesting system at the fairgrounds, um, the Wise County Fairgrounds, to be able to let ag kids use that and get used to that idea, yeah, and just uh-huh. help plant that seed and show like these can be attractive. Yeah. But they're also really useful, and you catch a lot more rain than you expect. We've got a sixty-five thousand gallon tank out there. We also put a fitting on it that the fire department could. Oh, show wow. up and hook onto it uh-huh. if they needed to. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. Is that catching rain from the rooftops at the yeah. fairgrounds? Yeah, off the show barns. I'll yeah. be. Yeah. Nice. That's pretty neat. Yeah. That's pretty neat. Yeah, usually you hear the old libertarian rambles of, uh, my government won't even let me collect rainwater. Yeah. Where did that come from? And we're saying, please collect yeah, just collect it. <laughs> yeah, don't use their groundwater. Use the rainwater. So is that not a thing? Because I've heard that m- numerous times. Is Well, I've heard you can't collect rainwater. I, is that just I, in certain I think places, that's been or? in some localities, probably some cities with – with really strict rules uh, um, in some places, yeah. I mean, that's I've not heard of anybody here right. that that is opposed to okay. or, or trying to interfere with anybody catching rainwater. Okay, yeah. I didn't think it was, but we're trying to do it in Paradise at Leone Park because yeah. the well over there is terrible. Yeah, so. and the, and like a park's a great place to yeah. use it. And like so you're encouraging think, catching it. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. There's tons of grants out there. No. Yeah, because we we got ours off a grant from uh, from the Upper Trinity Groundwater Conservation District, and they've done one with Parker County as well. Um, they they have a vision because they they gave us a grant for fifty thousand dollars, and that did our rainwater system out there at the fairgrounds because it's a big one; it's bigger than you'd have at your house. Yeah. But they've got this idea that they they want to do at least one of these grants a year to a local government entity, whether that's a city for a park or a school or a fire department. And the more you get this out in the community, the more people are going to think about it as an option and for parks it makes a ton of sense i think it's a great idea to have them at some schools and let mm-hmm. kids learn about them and how that works and yeah why that's matters. a that's a big engineering yep. thing for the future absolutely so why not yeah uh, put a little limelight on that and make it shine i like that idea a lot um you've uh, kind of broached on why uh, you know inspired you and led you to become a county judge and we talked a little about what county judges do in you know inside their counties but can we elaborate? Can we really like give the people an idea of what what the real day to day is of a county judge? Yeah. What is your authority? What where what do you do, uh, et cetera? Yeah, and if you want to, just pick up where you left off, kind of because when 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 did you actually become? Uh, I got I got elected in in fourteen in November of fourteen. Okay, okay. when I got sworn in. So uh, in my in my third term now nice. doing that, but. Uh, yeah, and the, and the county judge title, and I'm glad that we're on here to talk about that and explain what it does because a lot of people don't understand what a county judge is right. because it's a misleading title. You're not in it the courtroom is. slamming a gavel, are but you? I can be, okay. yes. and I am yeah. sometimes. Okay. Uh, that's a but when I go speak to school groups because I do that a lot, yeah. and uh, that's always the first question I ask them: say, when you hear that I'm the county judge, what what do you think that I do? And usually somebody shouts back, Judge Judy. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that's a, 
And and that's that's what they imagine because county judge and you hear it's my that, courtroom. But, Who's but a great the, role model in the world? Means a whole lot more than <laughs> Judy currently, in my opinion. Cut through the crap. And, uh, <laughs> but you know, back to when the state divided this up into counties, and uh, our population was sparse all across the state sure. then. And you could they created this position a county judge that was really a, a catch all of a lot of things, and the county judge was a judicial position, and you would do a lot of misdemeanor, civil, probate, things like that. But at the same time, you're also the presiding officer of the commissioner's court, which is like a city councilor, like a school board, but for okay. county government. And you're the presiding officer of that, and you're administrative, your budget, and you could do all that because we were much smaller then. Well, as counties grow, it gets to be too much in a lot of situations for one position. And so as you hit different population thresholds, the state will create you then a county court at law position to peel off some of that judicial work. So we've got two of them. We've got county court at law one, county court at law two. Okay. And that's Greg Lowry in county court at law one, uh, previously Melton Cood. And then we've got Dana Monashagan as county court at law two. Okay. And the way they've got that divvied up is um, is Greg's court, county court at law one. They do a lot of the criminal misdemeanor stuff. Dana's court handles a lot of the family stuff. Um, okay. She's got a lot of divorces that come through there, a lot of child custody things. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, then you've got the county judge out here who now doesn't have to do as much of that judicial, but I still have the constitutional authorities um, you need to. To, to do that. Okay. And so that um, that has been busier at times than others. Um you know, when when Judge Melton Cood passed, uh, I, I helped out a lot to cover and 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 do what I could there before we had Greg appointed to do that. Um, I've I've gone out and done you know on on days go out and do the jail arraignments at the jail if if the justices of the peace are all out of town or if they all want to go to a conference, I can pick that up. Mm-hmm. Or if they're all unavailable, because uh, the justices of the peace in counties like ours are also the coroners. They go yeah. they go out and do the death inquests. They're all unavailable. The next one it falls to in statutes, the county judge. So, and I've and I've had to do that. Is that uh, just because we're small, or yeah, yeah? Okay. Because as you hit different population thresholds, and you you know create a, a county coroner, right? You know, okay. or, or hire a county coroner. So I do have those judicial duties out there. I I, I can and and sometimes do will probates, uh, mental health commitments, things like that. The jail arraignments, um, you know, and I've I've done I've done dockets as needed. I don't do a lot of that because we have two county courts at law, and, and they're great, and stay on top of it. So most of them, the responsibilities I'm left with are broadly administrative and budget and policy. So okay. I preside over the commissioner's court. It's myself, four commissioners. I'm elected countywide. They each get elected from a precinct. The county's divided up into four precincts, and that's every state, every county in the state same has, way. has that divided up the same way, okay. four commissioners and a county judge. And... Uh, so even the bigger counties still only yep, have four. That's right. So oh, okay. even Tarrant County next door, they've got four commissioners and a county judge. Why do they do that? That's commissioners' way? court. Just, know? just how it's always been the good, the good government answer, right? Okay. It's just, <laughs> it's just <laughs> been that way for twenty but, years. But it is good because well, I didn't know um, as if as they grew. Yeah, they no, added no. Um, okay. You know, and and there's the states all do it differently. Um, I think when you get too big, if you had too big of a governing body, it's mm. really hard to get anything done. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I know a county in, in Wisconsin that's got 34 members on their county board. Jeez. 
and everybody's yeah. exactly, oh, exactly. Yeah. Nobody's satisfied. So, so we're all the same in Texas in that regard, and it, and it works well in that you've got commissioners elected from a precinct to make sure that geographically you've got all the county represented. Mm. But whether it's me as a county judge or any of them as commissioners, we've all got an equal vote. We're we're five of us. We all get an equal vote, and right. um, and so we we work well together, and we. There's not a lot any of us can do on our own or unilaterally. The commissioners take care of the roads and bridges in their in their precincts and and make those decisions on, you know, precinct precinct two decides what precinct two projects are going to do, uh, precinct four decides what road and bridge projects they're going to do because mm-hmm. they know best what their community is needing right. is the idea. So um, are you kind of like the mayor uh, where you're the Deciding if it comes no, down I, to I, I get a vote on everything, oh, okay. actually, yeah. Okay. And so that that was different switching from the city because at the city level, I only got a vote if it was a tie. Right. And uh, so so I can vote on anything. I can make motions and seconds oh, if okay. I need to. Um, I'm, I'm an equal fifth vote there. Mm. but So your vote yeah, has no yep. more superiority. Nope. It's just nope. not it at all. a vote. And, you know, we have to remember it's called commissioner's court, sure. not county judge's court. Right. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> that's, a, that, that's an important thing. And so – you know, one of the, one of the biggest, I guess, uh, burdensome process time components of my job every year is budget preparation. Mm-hmm. Because uh, under state law, if you're a county our size, I think the breaking point is one hundred twenty five thousand. If you're a county under under one hundred twenty five thousand, it says the county judge shall prepare a budget for commissioner's court consideration. And so I work on that every summer with our auditor and the different elected officials and and department heads and try and put together a really good proposal um, for the for the commissioners to consider. And then we'll go through it and talk about what's in there, what's not. Uh, sometimes they want to tweak or change things, and and that's fine. That's that's part of the process. But you know, it's like anything else. It's like in in your in your home budget or in your city budget. You've got finite resources, and uh, there's a lot of worthwhile ideas and projects and you can't get them all done in a year mm-hmm. and so you have to prioritize and and think about what's most important that we get done right now or is is there a project that that's out there that's important and if we do it we can leverage maybe funding from another source maybe there's a grant available that could fast track this and so I enjoy that work very much um, I always in, enjoy doing that at the city level I love doing it at the county level because that's that's where we're the way you shape the budget, that's where you're shaping where your entity's going. Right. And, you know, you, you see what's important to people by where they spend their money. And that's the same at home in your personal life or in your in your local government is right. what are we spending money on? What have we got to get done? And I hear a lot, you know, from elected officials and department heads that have great ideas and legitimate concerns, but I just can't do it all in in a single budget, single year. Right. And so you know, I, I know there's always some disappointment there, but yeah. that's a so we, have, what, we have to get that done by October one every year. Oh, okay. So, that's so once you and the commissioners have a, a budget that you like, does that then you have to send it off to the state or? No. So the the state doesn't get to uh, thumbs up or thumbs down our budget. Okay. Uh, we decide that locally, and uh, and we vote on that as commissioners court. We, uh, you know, we do have rules in place from the state, just like cities do on especially on tax rate mm-hmm. um, of, of to, to help keep a check on tax rate as we, we should have. It's fair right. and good um, to make sure that you're not just going nuts with a tax rate <laughs> sure. every year. Yeah. Um, and so it used to be there was an 8% revenue cap. And what I mean by that is a, a 
local entity with their tax rate. You could set the tax rate in a way that as long as you were under 8% growth year over year, you were within the confines of, of state statute. That's lowered now for cities and counties to 3.5%. Yeah. <clears throat> um, and that, that, that can be tough in a growing area because often the, the demand on services is growing more Always. than 3.5%. Yeah. Yeah. And here especially with inflation costs as well. Hmm. Um, but the good thing about it is new growth doesn't count towards that 3.5%. And so I'm not going to get too into the weeds on that. But it's getting yeah. really slippery yeah, 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 here. Yeah, yeah. You said taxes yeah, and yeah. inflation. But, and <laughs> but three and a half percent we look at, and the idea is off of the same properties that were on our roll last year, is that growing less than three and a half percent? Because the appraisals can be up way more than that. And yeah. we all see that. Yeah. So then it's up to your local entities to lower the tax rate enough. Theoretically, to, to offset. By the way, this is this is yep. just a cattle barn. There's this is a beautiful nothing, cattle barn. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> cows right there. <laughs> but I don't do appraisals. I don't do values. So that's, uh, <laughs> I'm safe. <laughs> yeah, I'm safe. Well, I, some of the things you just broached really. I wrote down another question here. Um, we got to remind ourselves sometimes that you know we've all been fighting mad at our elected leaders over one thing or another, but we got to remind ourselves that these guys, you know, your government officials just are humans too. So I really want to know what is the <clears throat> the toughest role, the most uh, most emotionally taxing role or part of your being a judge. What is what is the hardest part that you have to endure? Hmm. That's a great question. Uh, I I think that I think that what Probably chaps me the most because I have pretty thick skin naturally anyway. Yeah. And I've been serving in, in some capacity of, of local government public service. Uh, I'm, I'm, I started when I was 20 and I'm 38 now, yeah. you know. So I've, I've developed thick skin. Things used to bother me more than they used to. Um, but you also learn that's just part of the gig and what you sign up for. But I guess what, to answer your question, it would be keyboard warriors. <laughs> Who have mm. who have not bothered to actually reach out, yeah. talk, yeah. ask questions? Yeah, I think we and, all deal with that, and just want to fire off half cocked with limited to no Knowledge. real information. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and that's not me dismissing them having concerns. Right. You should have concerns, and you sure. should care about what's going on. But let's let's talk to the people involved, and let's try and understand right. what's happening. Um, but, you know, I just – I don't have to deal with a lot of that, and, and I think part of that is because I'm accessible and I'm around and people do talk to me. Mm-hmm. But, but sometimes, you know, when you, when you see something, somebody fires something off, and you're like, this person has never called me, never sent an email, no. you know. And, and yeah. This person's yeah. never left their house. Yeah, yeah. and that's, yeah. that's most all, – all we've, we deal with and what we've heard is, I mean, yep. most people, especially on Facebook, boy, they just – Throw yep. some random yep. crap yeah, out there. Exactly. And then, Even the ones that are fighting mad that will come up, and it's amazing how you know just a conversation, just a dialogue will simmer them yep. down. Oh yeah, bring them back to reality. Yeah, because and that's most people too. Is is we don't and and I and I don't say this is a is a negative thing about us as citizens. It's just um, it's more of a system failure than anything. But the whole reason you guys are doing this series of podcasts is because a lot of people don't understand mm-hmm. what different entities do. Right. And what you can do or what you can't do. And that's why this is so important. And it's because we don't have a lot of civics in schools mm-hmm. anymore taught. Um, you know, you, you lose that. You learn about some stuff at your state level, yeah. but not much. not much. Most of the focus is on the federal level and, and how that works. And 
little to no info do you get when you're going K through 12 schools about what county, city, Local, school uh, does? And it's nah. the most important <laughs> form. Yeah. Bingo. Yeah. Bingo. I mean, and you're not you're not going through courses about taxation either. Exactly. You're not learning. Exactly. You're not learning how to serve. You're you're getting prepped to go basically go to college or go to a trade yep. school. You're not learning any any life essentials. I mean, there's there's home economics courses and stuff like that, but those are electives. Yep. And there's nothing uh, to my knowledge. I mean, we're we're just now at the beginning of uh, raising a little one, but to my knowledge, there's no bare essentials courses. You know, if somebody wants to exit high school and say, okay, I'm ready for work and uh, I don't want to go to college. I don't want to go to a trade school. I just like to get out and immediately go to work. Oh, oh, how do I file taxes at the end of the year? Yep. How do I get in touch yep. with my local officials? How, I mean, how and, do I be a part of my community? And you have some schools or some teachers in schools get passionate about that sure. and, and do it, build it in. Um, when, I was, when I was teaching, I was teaching history, and I would talk about local government because I was in it, and yep. they knew I was doing that, and they wanted to know, like, you know, Clark, what does that mean? You know, if, if you're mayor, what what do you do? Mm-hmm. And uh, but it needs to be more of a push from the state level to include that in some of our in our teaks. You know, the knowledge and skills that a teacher is supposed to be teaching. Um, it it shouldn't just be a teacher trying to squeeze it in where they have time right. because they've got all these like it should just be an integral part. Yeah. Y- yes, it's important to learn about who can run for president and what the requirements are. I, I would think it's... There's requirements to run for president? <laughs> <laughs> say, say what? Uh, what? I say what? Uh, fairly loose, it seems. <laughs> yeah. uh, but, man, I wasn't going to get into oh, that. Oh, right, <laughs> I, I, I you keep, did. I That's keep a, doing it. I'm sorry. But, uh, but... Listen, if you can't laugh about it, uh, yeah. we're screwed. But, you know, I, I think there's a lot of, a lot of kids, um, you know, and I know I remember learning about... Well, you got to be. I get you to get to pull that mic a little closer. You got to be. You got to be. You can pull it yeah, down too. Sorry, I, I know you're yeah, wanting you to get yeah, comfortable. Yeah, yeah. pull that back. thing down too. You yeah. got to be 34 to run for president. You can run for two terms. We learn that kind of basic info, mm-hmm. but we don't know anything about. Yeah. What, what city county does, judge does? What yeah. county judge yeah. does? Yeah. And that's when you're growing up, you don't ever think, "Gosh, I want to be the county judge when I grow up," because you don't know what it is. Yeah. You don't. You know. That, and that's also, I think, yeah. it's an issue now because you have people that are activists, people that don't really have a good fundamental core, you know, moral values that are taking getting into these positions. Yep. And they don't they don't have anything to do except for uh, not destroy but disrupt. Yep. And that's their yep. only thing is being activist and and disrupting and it's not that's not yep. leadership. Well, and it's it's especially you know, it's it's dangerous in spots where um you know, if you have a unengaged electorate and nobody's signing up to run mm-hmm. for spots and somebody can mm. just toss their name in and be unopposed mm-hmm. and then somebody's like, well, how did, how did this person get in there? Well, it's an unengaged electorate. And There was a legitimate yep. candidate for president named D's Nuts that <laughs> yeah. got votes. They put him in there and <laughs> he got, got votes. <laughs> yeah. That's, may or may not have been a risky <laughs> bro, but I'm just saying. <laughs> but I'm saying yeah. they got votes. Yep. I mean, the, Heath still has a stack of bumper <laughs> stickers in his closet. Yeah. Down there. <laughs> so. But yeah, but, that's the issue. Yeah. It's like it, people that could contribute a lot to local governments uh, or even state government, they're not out there running. They're not, you know, they don't want to be a part of it because they, all they see is the bullshit. Yep. Yeah, they they, see, they yep. see the drama, they yep. see the keyboard warriors, and they're like, I don't want to deal with that. Mm-hmm. And yep. in the era of social media, we, we broached this with Dr. Stuckey, it's, it's compounded even more. 
Yep. Like the yep. the hate, the haters are even more. But I would lo- vocal. I would use this as an opportunity though to to share with people that are listening that don't don't let that scare you off because mm-hmm. you know when you ask me that question about what's the what's the hardest part or the the thing that bothers me most. I mean, I I can't point to a lot of days that I think, man, that was a, a really bad day yeah. because there's so much more good in the work than anything. Sure. And I know a lot of people think, well, I don't want to quit my job that I'm doing and, and run for a county office. Well, you don't have to. Get involved with your school board. Get involved with your city council. We just need good, common-sense people yes. who want to be here and engaged in the community to serve in these spots. Amen to that. So, Amen to that. And for you know every one of those loudmouth, you know, the squeaky, squeaky wheel gets the grease type, there's at least, I don't know, five to ten you know, to their one that are good people, good voters yep. that, that just aren't loud, Yep, <laughs> that yep. aren't uh, screeching. And and I just think that, you know, by and large, I mean, I've, I've never done career-wise, job-wise, project-wise, there's been nothing more fulfilling than this. Yeah. And I think most of my partners in city governments and school governments would say the same. Yeah. Yeah, we have tough things come up, but you can work on something and next week drive by it and say, we made that better. You uh-huh. did, yeah. You, you can't do that at the federal level. No. You know, you can do it at the local <laughs> level. Uh, I was just thinking about Don't that. drive the by the border. Like, yeah. If you really want to see how something efficiently or how efficient federal, a federal government service is, just look at your post office and the amount of junk mail that you get. Oh, my like, God. It's insane. Anyways, so they're, you know. <laughs> that's the greatest thing at the post I'm, office. I'm trailing off down this rabbit yeah, trail. but That they put those recycle bins. That's the best thing ever. Because <laughs> I literally like. Exactly. <laughs> Here's my one bill and yep, everything 15 else pages of junk mail <laughs> in the recycle bin. That's right. Um, oh, yeah. What do you got to say, Cody? Ghost bro, chime in Speak here. Speak up, bro. About what? I was ready. To, I was ready to move on to another subject. I mean, we're kind of beating this one. Yeah, it's getting low. Um, I was ready to move cool. on to a huge project and undertaking that you are spearheading and uh, working on for the county, and that is the county courthouse construction or mm, re- restoration. Re- yeah, renovation. That's the word yeah. I'm looking for. Yeah, uh, it, it's a huge one. It is. It's it's important for. A lot of reasons and, and way beyond us that are sitting here, but it ties too to the growth that we talked about mm-hmm. because when uh, when people talk about the growth and, and, and what they like, what they don't like, universally, and, and I feel it and you hear it from people you talk to, I say, well, I just, I just don't want to lose what our community feels like, mm-hmm. you know, and, and I, th- I think of it as I don't want to just look like another bedroom community along the highway. Right. And so that's been something that I think about constantly is what are things we can do to preserve that, keep that? Well, you do it through icons. You do it through visual things. Um, You also do it because the people that are moving out here, you have to proactively engage them in what our community means, what its history is, how we got here, Mm -hmm. who's important to us, we can't expect them to just move out here and, and magically know that yeah, or right. find it on themselves. So you think, well, what's the what's the fastest way to catch their attention in our local history? And it's that building you see on the hill. Yeah. You know? It is and a beacon. It's a beacon. Yeah. It absolutely is. And you see it from all over. Yeah, you do. Uh, I you know 
came through Paradise to get out here tonight. You see it from Paradise. Oh, yeah. 380 uh, from Denton. I'm I'm over north of Chico, and when I get on 1655 in the morning, I can see it. Yeah. You know, I think you can and, see it pretty much right out of Gainesville yeah, coming that way. Exactly, yeah. it's, and it's it's a beautiful beacon. Not only can you see it from afar, but when yeah. you're close to it, it's a beautiful old granite building. Mm-hmm. Exactly, and so we. You know, that's our fourth courthouse that the county's had. Yep. Um, the, the first one was a log cabin. Uh, second one they built uh, on on the square, and it was burned down by arson. Yep. Uh, I think in 1881, something like that. Yeah, even had keyboard warriors back then. <laughs> <laughs> they just they <laughs> got out of the house. Yeah, a little bit different. Exactly. <laughs> uh, more damaging than a man. Wasn't the, wasn't sure. the first one up <laughs> but, on like 287 area? Uh, it was it was more up like where the where the museum and college was. That's oh, okay. what I understand. Okay. Uh, up on that hill, also a hill. So then they built a third courthouse, and it was burned down in January of eighteen ninety five, also mm. Uh, mm. by arson allegedly. And uh, so the the county looked at, and those were stick built buildings. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the county really had kind of of uh, soul searching moment there. Like we we've had two courthouses yeah. uh, burned. We, no more wood. Yeah. And and the the record loss from that from a county history or genealogical perspective is just devastating. And yeah. so when you look back at the Wise County Messengers at that time, there's a lot of op eds in there about here's what we ought to build. And what they were talking about is we need to build something that reflects where we see this county going, and build something that reflects where we see our promise. And our our wealth, what we have the ability to achieve, uh, something aspirational. Yeah. And so they they hired J. Riley Gordon, a renowned courthouse architect, and he absolutely knocked it out of the park. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you look at that building and the details in it, and you think, gosh, I mean, he's a brilliant architect. I'm glad he drew this. But to me, more importantly, I'm glad that commissioner's court backed him up and said, yes, we're going to do this. Right. They they went out on a limb. Okay. They, they went out on a limb to do that because, you know, and I just wonder um, and think about what did that look like when it was finished in 1896 and there, yeah. was, there was not hardly anything else Nothing up there. Oh, like this out here. I got a little bit of so, trivia so. here. I really don't want to do this because I don't want to boost his ego <laughs> here. 1896 was it was it was it Decatur then had the name change taken place because, yes okay, it, it, it was, was Decatur post then. civil war yep, yep before civil war it was go ahead and tell is that for me to answer sure you, yeah it's Taylorsville yeah. that's right God. that's right <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah Taylorsville but you got to get that's your fourth name like you got to get way down the list to get we to, do yeah but it's, yeah. it's the most important one though you know why it changed I don't politics politics uh, it was. Yep. So Taylorsville was named after uh, President Taylor. Okay. And he he changed political parties, and I'm going to get mixed up off the top of my head. He either went from Democrat to Whig or Whig to, to Democrat. I forget which one. And Absalom Bishop, he's yeah. considered the, the father of Decatur, and he had a, a store on the square. He was furious that President Taylor had changed political parties, and so he started an initiative to to rename Change the town and not be named after him anymore. So named it after Stephen Decatur, yeah. a, a naval hero. And, yeah. <laughs> So politics. Taylorville sounds better. I'm just yeah. <laughs> back to our beautiful granite yeah. courthouse. Yeah. So you know, I'm I'm so proud of them for doing that. And I think about man, these guys, these guys really had a vision of what they they thought Wise County could be. And I think it's a reminder to us that we're still not there yet either. You know, sure. we've still got a lot of community work to do and and things to do right. 
and we need to make sure that we're always working to deserve a building like that sitting there. Mm -hmm. But then from a less romantic historical side, um, that building had gotten in really terrible shape. And it's just like if you buy a really old house, uh, it, it needs a lot of work. Yeah. And so it's it's expensive. It's it's a lot of maintenance. It's a lot of work. There'd been a lot of changes done to it over the years, uh, mid-century, nineteen late 1950s, early 1960s renovations. Uh, were not kind to most buildings in America at that uh, time. The courthouse was one of them. Uh, you know, I don't pass judgment on decisions that were made by by fathers before because they were working what they had at the time fine, yeah. and and what made sense. But it had gotten really bad as a workplace in terms of water damage, termites. Uh, it was a safe workplace, and so we're we're tackling was it. it. Styling yeah. decisions of the mid-century that you're referring to, or like compartmentalization. Uh, yeah. So. The biggest changes is some of it was a need for space, some of it was aesthetic, some of it was changing requirements. So, for example, our our district courtroom used to be a two story district courtroom, and I like when I talk to student groups, I tell them think about the courtroom in To Kill a Mockingbird, and they oh, can picture cool. that two story courtroom with a balcony. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yes. Yeah. And people yeah. are sitting up in the balcony watching the proceedings, and then there's there's also the pews down on on the floor. That's what we had. Uh, they needed more space, and so they cut out, removed that balcony, and created a floor across that district courtroom. So it was then just a one-story district courtroom with space above it. Um, completely changed the the feel and and style of that building. The center of that building, we all know where the elevator runs in it, the sketchy little elevator. Uh, that was put in in that 1960 project. They had to have an elevator. It's a requirement. Right. The path of least resistance run it right up the center of this grand central staircase. Yep. Um, but you used to be able to step into the basement at the bottom of those stairs and look all the way up through the center of those stairs and see the skylight up in the bell tower. Mm -hmm. And that was not just an aesthetic thing. Gordon was popular as a courthouse architect because he put corner entrances rather than just one front door mm -hmm. and had this central open air atrium and it moved air through the building. Mm -hmm. Ventilation. Yeah, they didn't have central Absolutely. AC back there. Absolutely. And it works because we've got that elevator out of it now, yeah. and you just feel the air moving that building differently than okay. it ever has. And, and you, um, you got to think regionally. You know, summers summers aren't oh, cool here, yeah, so then absolutely. You, you still got to have court in summer. Absolutely. And if he told them, "I've got a design that can move air," mm -hmm. we're in. We, we picked this guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that that was a big one. Um, of course, you know, then just things that have had to happen over the years, like just tacking on electrical changes, technological changes. Um, Dropped ceilings everywhere, funky 1980s texture, uh, yeah, layers if, and layers you, of carpet. Yeah. For people uh, outside of this county that might be listening, I mean, even if you're not a Wise County resident, we do have a lot of followers out there or listeners outside of Wise County, but it would be fun for them to go to your Judge J.D. Clark uh, County Judge page on Facebook yep. because you post a lot of these updates. Yeah, we, and, we've actually got a Wise County Courthouse restoration yes, page yeah. um, that we're tracking that. and. You know, that's just to keep people involved because a lot of the work is interior mm -hmm. and you can't see it when you're just walking by mm -hmm. and we want people to know what's what's going on and what's happening. And so we got a uh, we got a grant from the State Historic Commission to fully restore this courthouse. We got $8 million from the state. It's a $14.6 million project. Wow. Um, okay. And so it's supposed to be finished by this time next year, December You're going to put a cool digital yeah, clock yeah, up, yeah. up top? Or? <laughs> no. It'll no. always be flashing 12 o'clock. <laughs> so we, uh, no, we'll, we're, we've got the original clock mechanism yeah. up there, and um, 
which is awesome. And it, as part of the project, it mm-hmm. gets restored and, and reworked and the clock faces get redone. And uh, two of the clock faces uh, work, two don't. And I tell people you change time zones as you walk around the square. <laughs> right. uh, but it'll all work when we're done and the bell's still up there. And it's it's just going to be incredible because we're going to, we're going to have that two-story courtroom back, that, that open-air atrium, those aesthetic things. But at the same time, you know, it's going to have a new roof, new windows in it. Uh, we've waterproofed the basement. All these things that have been terrible for the building over the years, and it's going to be a good workplace again mm. and, you know, be able to, to work out of it for another 100 years. Okay, that's yeah. that. Okay, that's a, that's a question to ask right now. So you've moved um, offices out of that court, out of that into yep. the building. So court's going to come back in. Yeah. So so when we when we come back in, who's displaced out of that right now is myself, mm-hmm. um, the district clerk, okay. district attorney, and district judge. Okay. And we're all going to go back in. Um, we're reworking who's going to be where. Mm-hmm. Um, it's going to have a, a bit different layout. We're going to work better. Now the first floors that you're going to go to is all going to be district business. I'll be on the third floor with a commissioner's courtroom, which okay. we've never had, like a designated commissioner's mm. courtroom meeting space, and and we need that. Uh, so now you'll have all your district business, and then when you get to the third floor, you've got commissioner's court and county judge up there. Well, personally well. speaking, so, I want to see this after yeah. it's done. So oh, yeah. is, mm-hmm. is there a, a segment or is there a time of the week that it's open to the public to come view? Grand opening? So, yeah. yeah, that's a great question. Right now it's completely off limits, of sure. course, uh, as, a, as a construction yeah. zone. Um, but when it's open – when it's reopened and we're back in it, that's a public building. Mm-hmm. And Monday through Friday, 8 to 5, anybody can come in there and walk through that thing. Okay. Um, that That's open to the public. And you can come, hop in, and sit and listen to court if you want to. Uh, it, it's better. I recommend to people that maybe they call ahead of time, and whether that's calling me, uh, Frida at Decatur Main Street is good too. You can call her. And, yeah. and if, if you're wanting like a guided tour, one of us will usually work it in to do that. But – we can tell you maybe a day that week that you're looking at coming that there's no court, so you can go enjoy the courtroom more okay. fully. But um, back to your your question, so yeah, it's it's open to the public, but my goal is I want there to be more opportunities uh, during non business hours mm-hmm. to have people come in there, and and our first benchmark is our vision is all right when we reopen. Our initial goal to get more people in in a non-business setting is to have that courthouse open with somebody from the county there to staff it, whether it's me or somebody else. Mm-hmm. Probably have a volunteer rotation of, of there's other elected officials interested, staff interested. Have that building open during the car shows oh, on the square. That's a And I think that's the initial event. great benchmark because there's so many people coming to that square on those nights to appreciate work that people have done those vehicles, mm-hmm. they'd probably also appreciate coming through and seeing the work done to that. Yeah, building. car guys so, are also architecture yep, guys, hundred yep, yeah. percent, absolutely. And so I just think that's a, a great opportunity. Um, you know, I envision I want it. I want it open uh, at Christmas time on on tree lighting mm-hmm. night. You know, and yeah. be able to bring bring kids in and you know. Maybe Santa Claus needs to be in the district courtroom when it's this beautiful two-story courtroom. Or up top bring, looking out yeah, the top window Bring, or bring kids hey. in to see Santa and get their picture <laughs> taken in there. But, you know, I, I love when student groups come. Um, we make it available to field trips. We try and work that around court schedule. Um, but we want more opportunities outside business hours mm-hmm. for people to see that. And, and it's also a huge draw. You mentioned listeners from outside the county. Mm-hmm. When we were in it, we've always kept a guest book there in the main hallway. Mm-hmm. And you see people from – 
all different cities and states and mm-hmm. even countries, um, often not seeking it out on its own, but they're traveling and they see it off the highway, yeah. and they're like, we got to exit off and go see what that see is. What that is yep. Well, then once you get them downtown, mm-hmm. they're going to go eat lunch somewhere, they're going to go in somebody's store, and heritage Bingo. tourism is a huge thing in Texas. People yeah. that want these authentic Texas community experiences, but you got to have the anchor. you got to have what's bringing them. And for us, it's that courthouse. It already is. Yep. And our uh, our project superintendent on that, he says, every day people are out here taking pictures of this courthouse, yep. even with the fence up. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, that's right. And, um, you know, I think that we're going to have some interest in, uh, you know, people being able to schedule it in non-business hours for, you know, some film and TV shoots. Mm-hmm. We... We got hit up, uh, I guess it was late last year. Um, Taylor Sheridan's location oh, people oh. wanted to come see it yeah. um, for the, the Bass Reeves show that, yeah. that's out now. They were needing a courthouse for some court scenes, and they heard about ours. And I said, well, it's not what you're imagining. It'll be that way when <laughs> yeah. once it's restored, right, yeah. you know. And so I walked them through it, and they're like, this is going to be incredible when it's done, you know. And they ended up using Ellis County instead, which is which is our sister courthouse and same architect. Yeah. But Waxahachie. Yep, at Waxahachie. That, that's also yep. a beautiful courthouse. It is. Yeah. It is. It is. So they were done 20-plus years ago in the first round of grant funding. And so we've been able to learn from them and go visit a lot of their courthouses that have been restored and say, what do you wish you'd done differently in your restoration? And so while we, we wish it would have been nice to have had the courthouse restored before. Yeah. Two things. I'm glad that we're able to learn from those projects that have already done it, been through the ringer. Yeah. And number two, I'm glad I'm the guy that gets to do it now right. since it right. felt yeah. this time. Yeah. So I'm channeling some yeah. infatuation through my late grandfather, Charles Geddes, who uh, is the Geddes names on the Geddes McMurray yes, building. Absolutely. He started Allied Agency, and his father, Cicero Geddes, was the Cicero Geddes law firm with, with Woodruffs and, and everything else like that. So he he was a— A great he, building, he would, too, on the square. It really yep. is. He would be very, very proud to see where the square is currently. He mm-hmm. loved that He loved that town square. Um, well, well, and I know, and, and it's fun hearing from a lot of people that have, have wanted and wished and worked for this courthouse to get restored for a long time, mm-hmm. but— takes a lot of chess pieces getting in the right place at the right time yeah and, and funding and funding and i'm just fortunate we got all because it's one of the things is is even if you even if you get the grant then where are you going to move everybody to yeah well this and so that's another piece that we had to have in place and you know when i first ran in 13 and 14 that's one of the things i talked about is we need to restore the courthouse i'm a history guy yeah. and and Back to my original thing, when you lose it, it's gone. Sure. It's gone. And yeah. so as we grow, these historic sites become even more important um, so that not just for our kids that, that have family from here and are growing up here, but the new people moving in, I want them to buy into Wise County history. Yeah. And mm-hmm. say, you know what? I like this county story. I like the values they've stood for, and I, I want to be part of this. So We're yeah. surrounded by counties that are like Tarrant County. Fort Worth does a really good job preserving their old – uh, buildings. Uh, another current thing going on is in Mineral Wells. Oh yeah, the, the Baker. Yep, yep. very that's, excited about that. I'm, yep. I'm really excited yep. about that too. Do you think they're going to pull it off? Because that's a private enterprise. That's isn't a it? that's a private enterprise. Uh, they seem they seem confident. Yeah, yeah. and uh, they're, putting it out there. they're making a massive investment. Yeah. And uh, I know they they kind of I, I think have a a good vision for it. In that if that was just a standalone hotel, mm-hmm. it'd be hard to make it. Float, I think, yeah. but they're looking at it as hotel rooms plus restaurant space plus I think the big component 
event venue, like yeah. weddings. Oh, yeah. Oh, gosh. Is a wedding venue? Oh, yeah. They'll have that sucker booked all the all time. All the time, yep. yeah. Yep. There will be a waiting list for sure. Yep. Uh, so we can't we can't talk about you know preserving history, restoring old buildings, and without talking about history lost, which would ha- happen with the old um, DBU. Uh, yep. Well, before we go down that oh. dirty road, I got okay. three questions. <laughs> okay. I've been waiting <laughs> on the courthouse. Yeah. Are we going to get the lots back up? Yes. Yes. Can I can I talk oh, yeah, about we'll that? Go, we'll so, go one at a time. Okay. Yeah, go for it. <laughs> yeah. So we uh, we've and people. Notice it this year because they're not there. Oh yeah, um, <laughs> wait. There are no lights this year. The, the nope. Christmas yep. light, you yep. know, the the lights that go yep. down. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yep. I haven't noticed. Yeah, they're they not yeah, there. They're, yeah, uh-uh. no string lights oh, off the bell tower. Shame on me. There's yeah, no, all right. There's nothing to plug them into right nope. now. Um, <laughs> you need some. But uh, uh, yeah, I'll take a little bit more. Yeah, so they they are down. They are down for the restoration because number one, all the electrical got demoed out of that mm-hmm. building because it's getting a, all new electrical yep. system. We're also putting a new anchoring system for those lights up in the bell tower. It's just a little hanky. Uh, a little, I went up there. It was yeah. a little sketchy. I'm not going to lie. And uh, so that's part of it. The other thing is is we're getting a, a whole new roof on that, uh, which starts fairly imminently, and the cranes are not going to be able to, to access that roof right, with, with all those those. string lights up yeah. there. So I know people miss them this year, um, but it's going to be well worth it because sure. we're doing a um, – that's a hard building to light, mm-hmm. you know, or, or add lights to after the fact. So what we're doing is, yes, the string lights are coming back, but they're going to be color change lights, yeah. LEDs. Like app, LEDs. So we don't have to send Gallman up there uh, every, <laughs> every Christmas and, well, yeah, and try and get the white lights down to put yeah. the red lights up. We'll be able to color change them. Along with that, we're doing uplighting on the building mm-hmm. that will That's also be awesome. color change and... We're doing a light wash in the bell tower itself so yeah. we can light up the bell tower, and you're going to see that sucker. Mm, it's amazing how like so. really good lighting uh, showcases. Well, it yes. is because yes. I, I yes. called him the other day, and just with the construction, they're leaving the lights on the inside on at yes. night, mm-hmm. and it's shooting out the windows. And I'm like, yes. oh, my God, looks that looks really amazing. Cool. Yeah, so. I remember uh, getting videos of my daughter during the Christmas, the parade of yep. lights, and I didn't pay any attention while we were there, but I'm, I'm watching the video that we took with her. I'm like, the courthouse lights are on the inside. And it, mm-hmm. looks really it looks really cool. cool. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Rooms lit up yep. in the you windows. Scope that out. Yeah. yeah. And it makes a huge difference. It does. But that lighting package, I think, is going to be phenomenal oh, yeah. when it's back. Do you guys uh, plan on leaving them on year round? Like- yep. Yep. We do. So we, we have those string lights on as white lights all throughout the year. Mm-hmm. And then the, the signal for Christmas season is they change to red. Change to red. You know? yep. Can't but, forget about Halloween, some black but, or well, purple. But that's what well, that's the new so one. Now, the new yeah, ones you'll be in, able to. In the yeah. past, we had to physically change strings of lights out. Each bulb. Yeah. And um, now we'll be able to, you know, you know, I think St. Patrick's Day, light that Ooh, thing up green, green. you know. You and, uh, you know, red, Halloween, white, and red white, and blue for Memorial Day, 4th yeah. of July, things like that. Is Gallman going to be heartbroken? <laughs> no, because no, he, can, no, he will not. He will not. <laughs> that's what I was going to tell him. I was like, if, if the wind's blowing 1.5 miles per hour, Gallman ain't going to do it. It's too, it's too windy. It's too windy. <laughs> the bucket gets a little but, swirly. But, yeah. but it's a hassle to do that. Oh, it's a pain. Man, it's I've a hassle. It, it so. is a pain. It's going to be really nice. So, yeah. yes, lights are coming back and, and even better than before. Oh, yeah. Do you remember the big red bulbs yes. that they used to string yes. back in the yes. 90s? Yes. Yeah. And they looked great when they first put them out. And then, you know, four days later, you come by one strands out. <laughs> yep. They're just exactly. like, screw it. We put them yep. up. They lasted while yep. they did. <laughs> All right. Second question. What's the coolest thing that you found in the courthouse since – you started remodeling. Oh, yeah. Like, have you be... found a finger in the wall or <laughs> some skeletons? Yeah. Uh, what's a, that you could talk about? The anyway. What's a, what's the coolest thing that you, you've you've uncovered? I guess is the word. 
So if we find skeletons, we have to <laughs> we have to report that as like an archaeological thing, mm-hmm. and it's going to shut down the project. So there are no so skeletons. Any. But you are, if you drive by, you, you, you're excavating down yeah, to so, the foundations so, so we, too. Yeah, we, we dug all the way down to the footings yeah. to waterproof that basement. Okay. Um, but uh, the coolest thing we found is they've been doing, um, you know, of course they did demo through the whole building, but mm-hmm. taking up the floorboards in the attic um, that have been added over the years. And the coolest thing that, that I think we found is tucked away in an area of the attic over one of those, you know, kind of curved wings of the building that's been hard to access. Normally they found several of these really old cereal boxes called Scotch rolled up, Scotch white oats. Oh, and wow. um, I've got a picture on that Facebook page. But And when I say they're old, they're old. So right. I researched the company. It's an American cereal company. They were formed in 1891. They ceased to exist in 1901. They had a 10-year window because then they became part of the Quaker Oats Company. Mm. So we're talking about this 10-year window that this Scotch White Oats existed. My theory is, because there are several of these empty cereal boxes, it's probably construction workers eating eating on the job site in in 1895, 1896. And they've just been tucked up there forever, ever since then, and that... That blows my mind, huh. and they've just been sitting there. You're going to try to do something with them? Or? Yeah, so so every everything we find um, like that, we're setting aside. Um, somebody said the other day, one of the one of the project guys said, you guys are getting like your own exhibit here, and I said, that, that's the goal <laughs> yeah. because my thought is, my hope is that eventually then when this is done, we can have an exhibit, hopefully in, and what I know your next topic is going to be, mm-hmm. in a new Wise County mm-hmm. Heritage Museum, whatever that may may be and look like. Have an exhibit about the courthouse restoration, yeah. but have some physical objects that we found because you know we found some uh, Prince Albert tins. Oh yeah, know, that's what my dad tins. used to smoke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Up in the attic, um, some uh, some really old beer cans up there, which is cool, and <laughs> those are collectible. That's but, when uh, the judges needed I've, a break. <laughs> I've had those county government days. Uh, yeah, so, you need a cold but, beer uh, once in a while. <laughs> yeah, but so so we're finding things like that so far. We found a uh, a judge's docket book, um, handwritten with. Oh, yeah. With cases they were hearing from 1925 That's neat. that That's you know had cool. fallen yeah. under something up there, and oh, so yeah, same thing. But yep, so before yep. my family's, uh, my my mom and my dad married. You know, my dad uh, wasn't born until the late 50s. Neither was my mother. But I found an old going through uh, safes out here uh, a letter from Cicero Geddes, uh, indicator, and my great grandfather out here, Bill Daggett, who owned the farm inquiring about some sort of county tax thing and it was a letter back and forth to him and i found it out here and this is before wow. you know and the, these families met each other and married in the in the 70s so that's <laughs> I thought wild. that was pretty that's cool. cool yeah that's and, cool and 1925 yeah. was the date on it oh, that's wow. amazing and um you know there's still a lot of project to go so we may find some other things like that still but yeah it's really cool to find yeah. that though. yeah mm-hmm. it's cool to find and and you know to me it's just a reminder and i know that's little stuff it's like what's well, a cereal box but it also makes you realize this, this history that we talk about was not. No, right. And, you know, and I, I think, and I had this conversation with somebody the other day, when you read some of the historical markers around about the different Indian raids, you know, the Comanche mm-hmm. raids, in the grand scheme of things, we're not that far off. Yeah, from, not from that, that long ago, really. And yeah. uh, this, this was a pretty wild place. Not the universal scale ago, that so. was yesterday. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. And so to think those cereal boxes have been sitting up there with all the life that's happened in that building ever since, that. So they were just chilling. Yeah. Like, yeah, they just weren't chilling, like being used Co- as a wind covered barrier. in dust. Nope, nope. <laughs> Intact. Cool. Yeah, it's nuts. That's it's pretty nuts, cool. So. All right, one more, and this could be the most important because you know I'm the 
creator of Conspiracy Crossroads. So <laughs> did you keep the tunnels open that goes under the courthouse and out through the square? The square. No, there's no <laughs> what? Did you keep them open what? or were they sealed shut, sir? Yeah, and I, I like that you foster this conspiracy by framing the question <laughs> in a way that just presumes there were tunnels. Yeah, uh, there's a great way to no that. no uh, tunnels, no okay, tunnels because uh-huh. and and I get asked that a lot and yeah. say, well, the, you know, a tunnel to the Masonic Lodge and yep. things like that. There there is no <laughs> tunnel because another thing is that I can tell people is uh, when you. And you, you can see in the photos I posted, but we dug down to the footings, and mm-hmm. the footings were a lot closer than anybody expected because then it's just sitting on limestone yeah, uh, all under there and uh, just solid rock. And we had heard before, and Frida had shared with me, that the reason that that basement is so squatty in terms of height is because they couldn't go down. Mm. Because of the limestone. Farther, because of the yeah. limestone. So no tunnels. Mm-hmm. Uh but it's also why that structure is in such good shape because right. it ain't. It ain't. It ain't you think that yeah. got confused yeah. because Bridgeport having coal mining tunnels under the town, maybe? And yeah, and, I, mm, I I don't know. I'm not. I'm not sure. Two. I'm not sure where that where that story came from. But yeah. that's I, not Heath making that up. I've no, heard that from. A lot I've of never heard it until yeah, now. Yeah. This it's is the first around, time I've yeah. ever yeah. heard about. I've been asked about that a lot. The jail used to be up on the corner, you know, and I've heard it. It went from the jail to the court. I've heard. Okay, now I've heard about the like the the convicts exit or or whatever but well that's always been on the bottom there and there's um and there's some tiny tight little spiral stairs that run up a a turret i'll call it so you can get from the basement up to the district courtroom and you know you could take inmates straight up that yeah Yeah. that's real and that's there um it's intact but no no tunnels i guess i say convicts how uh, not guilty and or innocent (laughs) proven till uh, proven guilty chance hello but uh, uh, no tunnel, no skeletons. So. <laughs> cool cereal boxes. Yeah. <laughs> and tobacco tins. Tobacco. How many of those did you find? Because those were real popular back in the day. Uh, we got two of them, three oh, of them oh, so Prince far. Albert. Yeah, Prince mm-hmm. Albert. That, isn't that also a, yeah. a piercing? Well, let's not get into oh, that. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> he, he didn't find none of those. <laughs> All right. Well, I guess we got to ask. We're, we're yeah. talking about history and whatnot here. We just lost a huge uh, monument and relic to our county history. Uh, can we? Can we talk about that? Yeah, what, we can. What the we future can. might be relating to that? Yeah, and I'm and I'm not the guy that can specifically tell you um, because that's not a that's not a county government entity. Yeah. Um, but as a as a history partner with them and somebody very engaged with them, I'm, I'm happy to talk about it. Okay. Um, so that's. That museum, that space was was owned and run beautifully by the Wise County Historical Society. They are a standalone 501c3 that exists and and have done a tremendous job. There are what's the best? I don't I don't want to get too into the weeds. There's there's two separate entities that work hand in hand together. One's the Wise County Historical Society, which is the 501c3. They they exist because then they can raise funds, mm-hmm. and, you know, tax deductible things for people. They run that museum. We also have the Wise County Historical Commission, which that's a board that's appointed by the county commissioner's court. We give them some funding every year. They do the historical markers and things. Okay, okay. but generally. They blend together, work hand in hand. It's a lot of the same people that serve on both, but it's the the 501c3, the society that owns the museum and, and operates that. So that that fires one of those once in a generation 
tragedy things that everybody that was here will remember mm-hmm. and and it's it's sad and there's no other way to say it but it's mm-hmm. sad 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 and they're still figuring out what's the future going to look like they're not quitting but that's a massive massive undertaking whatever that's going to look yeah. like and so i know they have hired i was with them just a couple months ago for a meeting about this and they voted to hire a demolition company to begin just after the first of the year and they're going to start doing selective demolition on those remaining walls because yeah. right now it's a lot of what ifs will will you know as they talk about well could we rebuild is anything salvageable should we build something new on that site should we go somewhere else um a lot of those questions can't be answered really until mm-hmm. they do their selective demo and know what what's really there mm-hmm. there's a hope that maybe there's even some things under some of the rubble that's that's still intact artifact-wise, that they could use elsewhere, which would be amazing. Right, yep. But you can't just send volunteers in there right now to sift through that it's because you, you can tell by looking at it. Yeah, it's a it danger. Fall any yep, yeah. yep. So they're going to start that selective demo, start taking the walls down, and, and get down to a place where they can decide what's feasible. And, you know... When you say what's feasible, does this mean potential restoration of the building or... No, yeah, it's, we're starting yeah, over. Yeah, well, and I think you got to look at all those things because the the fire was devastating enough. You can, you can't replicate what that building was. Oh no way! No. You can't replicate what that building yeah. was. Not feasibly. Not feasibly. Um, Money is a real factor mm-hmm. for a community five hundred one c three. Are there parts of it that you can incorporate into a new structure? I don't know. They don't know. That's yeah. part of their question. Is there something new that they should build on that site? Be at the same location. They've talked about. Um, do we still need to be at that location? Should we be downtown and walkable near the courthouse? Mm-hmm. You know, there's some legitimate, good ideas there too. But I think the big thing is is is. The, there have been a lot of people. And I've seen things on Facebook of people wondering why they're not doing something faster. Uh, those people that serve on that society and worked that museum, they've been dealing with grief. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, a loss grief. of the family. Yeah. And so it, it's a hard process. I think they're doing it the right way mm-hmm. um, by hiring this selective demo company. And, you know, and I, I've helped connect them with some good folks to talk to about the future and what might that look like. But right now they don't know what they don't know. Mm-hmm. And so they're going to start this selective demo process and start taking down those walls and figure out, okay, is this something that we rebuild a portion of this? Or maybe we can incorporate some of this wall or some of this stone into a a, a new facility. Mm-hmm. Those people aren't going to quit, though, and there's going to be another museum for Wise County. Okay. I just can't tell you exactly what that's going to look like. I like the location be, so. because, like where the courthouse exists, whatever is built there is a beacon. Yep, because of the yep. hilltop location, yep. and, and you know yep. the the three real estate things: location, location, location. Yep. So whatever goes, yep. uh, I hope they can reconstruct or build anew is in the same spot. Yeah, and you think about too, and and the reason, I mean, what a loss up there because you, when you're in the courthouse bell tower, you're in this iconic site, and you look out one direction and you saw the museum, the mm-hmm. old college sitting on one hill. You look out the other side, and you see the Wagoner Mansion mm-hmm. sitting on another hill. And you've got these three hilltops there with what were iconic buildings uh, until we lost the museum. Well, now, sir, (laughs) if you look due west out of the courthouse, you'll see the chief. 
That's right. That's right. <laughs> it's not quite there with the other ones yet, but it's gaining. It's gaining. And, he does have, uh, he I had does to give have him a shout illuminated out. sign, right? <laughs> he does have a new sign. Yeah, though. you can see his beacon. And if That's I look right. south, I don't see the museum as it stood anymore, but I see a beautiful new Decatur water tower. That is true. Yeah. Too, which, which was much needed. So yes. that's great. But those people are working hard. Um, and I guess, too, what I, what I would remind everybody to think about is that is grief, that is loss. But I try to remind myself and remind other people that those, those things that we missed that burned, those were things. Mm-hmm. You know, they were things. And the stories can exist without those things. Right. And the story is what we have to keep going and find other ways to tell. We can't quit because the things burn. Right. We have to find new ways to tell those stories. And so we're we're going to keep doing that and working with them. Um, they've got some some really great ideas. I think that you know we're we're going to be able to help them some when when they've got a spot, got a home. Like I said, we're squirreling things away and and with an idea, I tend to. For better or worse, sometimes uh, I, I'm thinking down the road of what the next move is, and it's like, okay, what this stuff? What, what do we do with it? Well, they're going to need stuff in a new museum, yeah. so go from there. Okay, yeah. cool. That's where it yep. stands as of now. Yep. Well, let's round this up and talk about some of your uh, your accomplishments as county judge, and uh, one specifically, getting elected second vice president of the National Association of Counties in July. Tell us what, a little bit about that. Yeah, so National Association of Counties, uh, I'll use another acronym, it's NACO, we call it. Um, it's a it's a nationwide organization for the 3,069 counties, parishes, and boroughs that, across, that exist across America. Okay. Um, and, and what we do is we're an organization that seeks to be a voice for county government at the federal level because... We have a really, really hard time as individual counties getting significant enough attention on issues at the federal level to either let them know about policies, regulations, laws that could either help or hurt county government, or even not just county government, but at the local level, Mm -hmm. what that would look like implemented. But we do realize that when a lot of us counties get together, we've got a lot of similar issues that we can team up on. And so suddenly that creates a network of county voices that gets a whole lot more attention up there. We've been hugely, hugely successful in advocating for for counties. Uh, I, I couldn't even list to you everything that we work on because it's in all different policy sectors. But what we look at is, as Congress is looking at doing things, is there an impact on county government? Is there an impact on county services? And a lot of time there is. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times they don't think about it because they've never served at the local level. Sure. They've never done that. And it's so full circle moment mm-hmm. now. Um, and they don't it, – it's easy to have a good idea when somebody else is either going to have to pay for it or implement it. And We're good. I'm glad that was water and not the whiskey. <laughs> so, right. so, just thousands of you just You just electrocuted Heath. Right? <laughs> Keep but, on talking. Uh, I'll be so, right back. So anyway, and, and for example, uh, I'll give an example that I know has been a, an issue to a lot of – that I've talked to a lot of farmers and ranchers over the past few years in Wise County, and it's been going on for years now. And NACO keeps uh, pushing back and, and giving good data and alternatives and getting some wins, and then, then you have another restart or setback, but it's a rule called the Waters of the United States rule. And this was a rule going through the EPA – 
that was seeking to define or redefine or clarify what what fell under Clean Water Act, Federal Clean Water Act, Larson. It was written in such a vague way, this definition they were doing, it was written in such a vague, flexible way that it could be interpreted to mean even to the point that the waters that collect in our county bar ditches would fall under Federal Clean Water Act oh, well. rules. Or if you're a farmer or rancher and you have water accumulating on on your property that you use for ag purposes, the argument could be made under this definition that it eventually makes its way to federal waterways and should fall under Federal Clean Water Act. Mm. It would completely stifle a lot of the ag and ranching activities if you're having to then do federal clean water permits. Right. Counties trying to work along their bar ditches and clean out bar ditches should not be having to go through any EPA right. regulations for that. And so NACO was a great voice to explain, hey, we know you got to have this idea and this is how you've written it. Let us explain to you what this means at the county level. Mm-hmm. And we've been very successful in that. And, and there's a lot of other things like it. And I love it because I'm a county judge in a county of, you know, about 75,000 people. I can talk to our congressman, but I can't talk to a lot of other congressmen. Right. Wise County, Texas, that's not our, you know. But if just I got to get burns. That's right. You got to yeah, get in. Exactly. <laughs> but, uh, but if I team up with counties from across the nation on an issue, like right. Waters of the United States, we're going to get something done. Yeah. Um, and we've, we've done great with, with broadband policy and with some of our veterans' issues with veteran service officers. And so, anyway, long story short, um, I got involved with NACO and, and served in the Rural Action Caucus, which is a group of rural counties within NACO. Uh, they then they chose me to head up the telecom and technology and broadband work there, and I did that for a while. I ended up then this year uh, running for second VP in NACO. That's the only position you run for within NACO. If you get elected second VP, then the next year you roll up to first VP, and then the third year you roll up to be president of NACO. And it was a a wild experience because we've got an annual conference where we all get together, and all the states meet in their caucuses. You know, there's a Texas caucus, a Nebraska caucus, a California caucus. Ours is the best, right? (laughs) And uh, (laughs) I I had to go around – and, you know, and, and meet with all these different state caucuses of counties and talk to them about why I think a, a, a guy from, from my county in my position could, could best be a voice for all of us in uh-huh. NACO. And, and we won. We were successful, and nice. we, we pulled that off. And um, I think it's because, you know, where, where we sit in Wise County, we've got Tarrant County as a neighbor that's over 2 million population. Right. We're about 75,000. Then we've got Jack County as a neighbor that's less than 10,000. Kind of a sweet spot to be able to work with partners of all sizes. Right. And that, that's the message that I was able to carry to a lot of other counties, and there's a lot of counties like ours, that they've been traditionally rural, but they're experienced some, some high growth in some mm-hmm. areas, and it's a juggling act. And we're all trying to figure out how do we stay ahead of this and manage it. And so... I'm excited to work with them uh, at the federal level and get some better work done for local government. Nice, yeah. nice. So you said we're right around seventy-five thousand countywide. Yeah. yeah. So um, just going back what you said before, you said something would change once we went to like a hundred thousand in population. I don't remember what that was. So the, if I remember right, the the population benchmark when you're a hundred and twenty-five thousand or higher population. It's not necessarily the county judge that prepares the budget each year. Okay. But you either appoint or hire a budget officer. Which, okay. 
in some places as either a finance officer or a county administrator. <clears throat> we are not to that point. Right. Um, but with the growth coming in, how, how soon do, are y'all looking at that? You know, uh, the the population estimates from North Central Texas Council of Governments put us at, by the year 2040, so less than 20 years from now, at about 105,000 people. Oh, okay. I think that's pretty conservative. That seems, right, I should say. Yeah. Yep. That, uh, yep. I, I would I yep. would have been less surprised if you yep. had said we were going to double. Yeah. and and I, if you ask a certain school board, they didn't <laughs> add right either. So I'm just saying. Well, it's, it's and not, those, um, so, so be, school board yeah. you ask. Because <laughs> it's crazy. Don't, don't walk me into that, yeah. guys. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, my point yeah. was, though, is like I don't think nobody – uh, really expected the amount of growth that we got all of a sudden. Yeah, and or they didn't prepare for it, right? Or they they just I don't I don't think that they even thought it was even possible that quick. Yeah, and I and I don't think you quite realize. There's some people that would even argue that it's not here, unless they pick yeah. some county roads and go drive down oh, right. and see the housing developments. Right, you know, and. You know, you go past one week to the next, and you're like, "Where did where did those houses come from?" Oh yeah, you know. But you know, I'm in a little bit different boat because we see the plat submissions come in, and I know mm-hmm. when I started as county judge, we might see two plats on a commissioner's court agenda, and we meet twice a month. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now we've got twelve to fifteen wow. subdivision plats yeah. each time. Okay. And it it's it's happening now. Some of the I think some of it slowed a little bit in terms of physical houses with the interest rates yeah. being uh-huh. high. It didn't slow down the platting because those are developers getting ready for the long term, That's dividing right. up those lots, and they know those interest rates are going to. They're already on yeah, the way down. They're on yeah. their way down. Yep. They're on so their way it's down. Be here. And so they, you know, they're making their investments and hedging their bets and still doing their plats. And so I, if if those interest rates keep coming down, get ready. Yeah. yeah. I mean, even yep. even in this current time, compared to the rest of the nation, we yep. didn't slow down nope. too Not much. Not at all. They're still building. No, no. And, and um, we're still buying. Still building, still buying. And, you know, a lot of it is that, that you do see a lot of people from other states selling out of, of where they are. Yeah. For a massive amount of money, yeah, and they're able to come here with cash, pay cash on a place, and mm-hmm. still put money in the bank. Yeah, still, yep. you know, yep. sometimes yep. sight unseen. Yep, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. It's good on that's, Zillow. Hey, that's exactly yeah, right. Realtor, yep. we're yep. in. And so, um, you know, and just like with our with our sales tax, uh, you know, record amounts of sales tax revenue in the county mm-hmm. um, for for a multitude of reasons and, and part of it is the growth part of it is they change the laws that if you buy online now that sales tax goes to your locality where you're purchasing it as well so yeah. you know I know that that Amazon's not good for a lot of mom and pop businesses mm-hmm. but at least we're going to get the sales tax out of that right. so well you got to get something yeah. out of the deal if, that no if, if that's going to exist. Um, but the other thing is, as you mentioned, that you know, um, you said, it was it your was Cicero, your great grandfather, great grandfather, yeah, yeah, would be so proud of the work happening on the square. There's a lot of areas like that in Wise County where you got independently owned businesses. Um, Decatur Town Square is a beautiful model. Uh, down, downtown Bridgeport mm-hmm. doing great things, mm-hmm. and people are able to come here and open businesses that are succeeding and thriving that wouldn't have made it here five, ten years ago. Yeah, but we've got enough people now. That can sustain those. Stay in yeah. here to sustain it. Yeah, that's yep. wonderful. Yep. Yep. Um, that's wonderful. Any other notable accomplishments that you want to talk about while we have you? Um, I mean, this is this is your pillar right here. Yeah, well, I, 
Chance, I think I'm full of notable accomplishments. That's right. <laughs> we know we know you are. We do. Uh, just ask my wife. I tell her all the time. I'm going to tell you what good I did today. Um, oh, we can call her real quick. Hold on. No, don't. Because just, just before I came out here, uh, I had had to go in the pantry and get something, and I accidentally knocked off this uh, whole thing of Uh-oh. oatmeal that just... Mm. <laughs> Everywhere. And you just looked at her and said, yeah. "I gotta go to the whiskey bros on the <laughs> yeah, house." Yeah, the, whis- the whiskey brothers need me. Um, so, don't call her right now. But no, I, I would just say um, we we have a really and, and you'll roll your eyes at this county judge saying this. We have a really great county government right now, and I mean that in terms of I'm not in charge of everything. Mm-hmm. A lot of elected officials that are independently mm-hmm. elected. Um, I will have people that get mad at another elected official. Uh, let's let's say a commissioner. They think a commissioner is not working on a road they ought to work on, and they call me. You've never heard and, that, huh? and want to complain about that, right? And say, "Well, you must be their boss. You're over the commissioner's court." That's not how that works. Mm-hmm. Okay. And um, we're all independently elected by the voters. Mm-hmm. That's who we answer to. And so I'm not the boss of the county. I think in in a lot of ways. Um, you know, I'm I'm a spokesperson for the county a lot. I right. think I'm a visible part of county government because I, I kind of sit there as presiding officer, commissioner's court, elected countywide. Um, but I'm not in charge of everybody. Sometimes in the a punching so bag. That's right. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> for better or worse. And uh, we have some really great elected officials. Our commissioner's court is is phenomenal. Um, we work together really well and, and, and have good proactive people. Uh, we have... Our appointed officials, emergency management, elections, public works, watershed, that are all appointed positions, we have gotten such a good team put together. Mm. Um, we punch way above our weight on professional department heads. And, o- Obama um, just entered the chat. I guess. Uh. It's, it's like one thing that I remember Obama saying about, the I think, the Netherlands or something. The Netherlands, hey, punch above their weight. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and I think, too, when you look at um, – intergovernmental relationships with county and and cities, I don't think there's a mayor, I don't think there's a mayor in the county that I could not call and ask for help on something. That's wonderful. With, with a project. That's how it should be. Um, we, we don't agree 100%. Yeah. You know, and it's, you know, just like city, school, county, mm-hmm. we're all intergovernmental. We've all got our own projects, policies, philosophies, but... Um, and I could probably extend that to superintendents, but but I feel really confident saying I could call any mayor in the county and say, hey, I need help with something. And they would figure out a way to, to team up with us, and that's, that's how it should work, yeah. you know, and we're all here together. Yep. So, that's yep. why I'm loving doing these um, podcasts because not just for us, but for everybody, it's a reminder that <clears throat> the people in your local government are are just people. And, and we and we, li- we live here too, and yeah, we're yeah. taxpayers here yeah, too. That's exactly. you know? <laughs> we're not just inflicting on somebody else in a different spot. Like we're in this with you. Yeah, you know? so get to know your people and understand where they're coming from, and that they they want to they want to do what's best for you and for themselves. And it's um, I think that's what we the biggest message going forward is to be involved because you don't want activists taken over you don't want disruptors taken over for the sake of just disrupting sometimes disruptions are good but for the most part they're just people (laughs) making loud noises and people that are everyday common human beings aren't they don't they see that and they shy away from being involved in their community and then you just lose out that sector and it's it's a corruption almost right yeah and i would say too and as a born and raised guy Mm -hmm. 
I don't just think that you got to be born and raised here to to represent this no, community. Yeah. But I also think if I thought you were going somewhere total different when you said <laughs> born and raised guy. I was like, what, where are we going? If, but if you, if you move here, if you move here, don't move here and want to change who we right. are. Yeah, you're yeah, exactly. here for a reason. Move here. You you moved here because there's something you liked here. Yes. Most chances. Most people I talked to, they didn't just find a random house. They liked something about this. There are other places they could be, and they chose to be here. Right. So move here. Get to know us, get to know this community, engage in the community, learn our history, and want to be part of it. Right. Not, I'm going to move here and tell this county how it yeah. was where I used to live. Yeah, you know? yeah, where I moved from. Yeah, exactly. That's associated with corruption I, I shut to me down too. quick it's on that, yeah. you know, and yeah. I probably shouldn't say that. But if let me tell you how it was where I came from. Well, but you came here, you <laughs> yeah, know? Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, you're here so, for a reason. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so we... We welcome good new neighbors. Mm-hmm. I think all of us do. Yeah. But we want good new neighbors who want to be part of the community right. and respect what this community is about and where we've been. Mm. So. And engage. Be part of your community. That's be, right. Get, get political if you have to. It's, yep. it's totally fine. And you're not going to agree with everybody. Um, I think you'd be surprised when you actually talk to a person face-to-face yep. that some things are more amicable than you would ever yep. anticipate being behind a screen. Yep. So much better raging to, on a keyboard. Yeah, sit down over a cup of coffee. Yeah, mm-hmm. at Trinity Street, I've gotten so much good work done at Trinity oh, Street yeah. just by being able to sit down and talk to somebody face to face. You know, and and understand where they're coming from and explain why maybe we're doing it a different well, way. It's so. almost a lost art that whole sit yeah. down face to face thing. It is. It is. I mean, people can't do it no more. That's that's. I appreciate what y'all are doing because you know, number one, people don't understand a lot of their local government what the functions mm-hmm. are. But number two, just encouraging people to engage. And, and I know y'all do. This. Yeah. Well, that's yeah. where. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm Doc, just, is that Doc here? Uh, no. Interrupting? <laughs> <laughs> That's what I was going to say. I don't even know what I was going to say anymore. It's like they hand, they handed you your award and now yeah, they're playing you off. off. Yeah. Yeah. So. Get, off. Yeah. Get off the stage. I think some people don't understand a lot of these positions are volunteer. Yep. Right. You're right. You're, yep. We're here. You know. Wait, you're not making millions? I'm what? Not, yeah. <laughs> and, and the thing – but and I'm – you know, mine, mine's a full time job, and I'm I'm paid to do it. Right. But but you know, like what Cody's saying is a lot aren't like our school board people aren't, our oh, city yeah. councils aren't, our yeah. mayors aren't. Yeah, they're just volunteering, and uh, you know, and like I was, you're going in the evenings after you've been to work and yeah. doing this, and it it can be a thankless job. It shouldn't be a thankless job. We should appreciate the people that are stepping up to do that because. Sure. Gosh, if suddenly you don't have good people step up to do that, you notice it quickly. Yeah, it then yeah. becomes very yeah. apparent. So are the meetings, uh, we'll get into a little bit more of the um, talking about what your job does. And is all those meetings, are they open to the public? Or oh, no? yeah. Oh, Ever, yeah. So, okay. and uh, and, and one, one area that, that I'm excited for us to change and improve is we meet on the second and fourth Mondays at 9 a.m., and we've always been, I mentioned earlier that we've never had a commissioner's courtroom. Mm-hmm. We have always gotten into a room that was just available at the time. It used to be a jury room. Uh, then we were in a courtroom for a while when it was available. Now we're in the JP2 courtroom. So we've never had a home that right. we could just set up properly as a commissioner's courtroom. We're going to have a dedicated meeting space in the restored courthouse, and we're going to have it set up and wired with streaming capabilities. Oh, nice. And... Um, you know, we've we've never been able to do that before, and I think that's going to be great. Mm-hmm. And um, everybody doesn't have time to go sit in a commissioner's court meeting. I get that. But you may want to go back and watch something right. in it 
or uh, say, well, I heard they were talking about water in this court. I want to mm-hmm. go listen to that conversation and be able to do that. Yeah. So. Oh, nice. Well, I think that's important. Good. Yep. Yep. Awesome. All right, sir. <laughs> no. Oh, now do you want me to hit the play button? I actually didn't mean to hit it earlier. I was trying to move this box out. Oh, of the way. I know, I know. So, is there anything else you want to throw out there before we wrap it up? Or where people can find anything? What Facebook pages, websites? Yeah. So, where uh, you're singing so, next? We yeah, didn't get I'm into that. Oh, next, yeah, we, yeah. Gotta, yeah. Yeah, we can't yeah, yeah, leave yeah, this yeah, show yeah. without talking That's about right. the artistic side of Judge JD yeah. Clark. You didn't know this, so. but you got to sing us a song. <laughs> Oh, no, you, you got a guitar. I got. We got a bass. No, I, I I sing. I write songs. I you enjoy do. that. That's my. That's, uh, that's yeah. one of my fondest memories of you. It was actually at Kevin Burns's house. We went over there for crawfish. Crawfish one night, and we got out of the that's truck. Right. Yeah, yeah, and there was somebody up there on his, you know, his patio, singing and playing a guitar. And me and Chase go, "Who the heck is that?" <laughs> We get up there, and I was like, holy crap, it's freaking J.D., man. Yeah, I had no, and, uh, I had no idea. Yeah, I think yeah, it was you in Dakota. Right. Yep, yep. yep. Yeah. I remember doing that. I had no that. idea. And my wife, uh, well, she wasn't my wife at the time. She, I don't remember if we were engaged or not at the time. But anyway, she, she saw me eat crawfish for the first time and didn't leave me. There you so, go. You I knew she was, was the one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. <laughs> there's no pretty way to eat crawfish. No, no there's Especially not. with a there's beard. not. Is that a lobster in your beard, sir? That's a mini lobster. Mini lobster. I got the tail on that one. But uh, yeah, so so going back to your question, I'm highly active on Facebook and try and keep people up with what we're working on. Mm-hmm. I've got County Judge J.D. Clark page on there. A lot of people just add my personal one and follow on there. That, that's more of my kids and right, family. And anything, yeah. but... And then we've got the Wise County Courthouse Restoration page that we're we're keeping updated, but okay. it's a it's a good time. You yeah. have a music performance coming up at Brandy's. Yeah, but it's yeah. already sold out, isn't it? Yeah, you so sold we, that thing out. We did. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, that was crazy. Um, I didn't know nothing about it until the oh hey guys sold out. That's the first time I seen it. So. Well, it was kind of a kind of a last minute thing, and because uh, I don't do that much, I usually I mean I play at home all mm-hmm. the time. And, and and play with and for my little girls. But um, every once in a while, like last Christmas, we did these videos where we were doing Christmas songs from the mm-hmm. house. We're doing it again this year. And uh, Brandy hit me up and she said, hey, would you want to do, you know, come play a show at the Steakhouse? And uh, well, that, that sounds fun. And so we posted it Friday night and Saturday morning she messaged me and she said, we've booked every table. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. That's uh that's fun. That's flattering and, uh, too. Yeah, but it's yeah. also a good way for people to engage with you as a musician, a yeah, person yeah. and official. Uh, an elected yeah. official. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, it's it's my hobby. I just like to I, I write I write songs and uh, always writing new stuff and I've actually this year been working on being more diligent about getting some of it recorded. Um mm, okay. and I think about it like from a from a dad perspective, like I want my kids and my grandkids right. to listen to that yeah. at some point. So Maybe sometime this next year, I'll. It's also a reason we kind of started. Of course, you know, my background's music, but we kind of started this podcast. Doc and I were talking like, you know, this is kind of a legacy. We're Absolutely. leaving behind for our kids, yeah. too. We'll and see. We might be like, <laughs> our kids well, yeah, might listen to two episodes and go, wow, my dad was a jackass. But, <laughs> but like, you, you, and you, you mentioned you finding those letters from, from your great grandfather. Yeah. You know, if you could listen to something they recorded talking about their thoughts back mm-hmm. then. How yeah. incredible would that be? It would yeah. be you know? monumentally incredible. And we've just got such different capabilities now. 
mm-hmm. we sh- we should be saving that stuff, mm-hmm. and and it will matter to somebody. Sure, yeah, that's what we tell ourselves. Right. That's <laughs> what, yeah. We tell it every yeah. Sunday. That's what we get on here and say. Yeah. This podcast matters. This will matter to somebody. <laughs> they will find this in the courthouse attic next to the cereal boxes <laughs> and, the, and the tobacco tobacco cans. tins. <laughs> Um, recorded material that you're working on. Do you have anything that's available out there? And the- no, not not yet, not okay. yet. Um, I've I've got a few things, uh, few things still to finish um, that I want to get down. And sometime in the next year, I may drop drop that. Okay, yeah. Yeah. sweet. Yeah, yeah. be looking forward to that. Yeah, I may send you guys something early. So. Okay. There you oh, go. all right. Yeah, yeah. 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 early access. Perks. Yes. Yeah. Perks. Yeah. Perks to be in a whiskey I've got, bro. I've got some local history stuff in there too. <laughs> oh, nice. So, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So. All right. Well, I think I've run out of questions. And Taylorsville would be a great name for a song. Oh, my yeah, God. Taylorsville. <laughs> That's a great idea. Ooh. Yeah. I That's like right. that. Now I'll have to give you a song right I know. Right? It's got to be a criminal yeah. outlaw yeah. element yeah. or something. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Well, thanks for visiting yeah, with thank us. thank you all Judge. for having me. I appreciate it's it. It's been yeah. a great one. Yeah. Uh, we've got a few more of these coming up. I hope I hope at least a, you know, a few people are getting information from these. Yeah, yeah. I think so. Yeah. I think we're I think we're doing good. And it, like I said, it's been a great chat. And mm-hmm. thanks again. For sure. Yeah, well, thanks, thank you all for And thanks for all the yep. hard work yep. that you do for the county. I appreciate that. As thank you. county yeah. residents. Thank you. All right, guys. Thanks for listening. And good night.